0: counsel of the wicked nor stand in the way of sinners nor sit in the seat of scoffers but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither in all that he does he prospers Today we look at the last two verses of this psalm in this contrast to the righteous and the godly man is the wicked. Now verse 4, the wicked are not so, but they are like chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. What a wonderful psalm, and we've seen in this psalm where true happiness is worth pursuing. The truly blessed man and the blessednesses of the righteous man, not the fleeting pleasures of riches. We noted all the abundance in the material things. Of this life, even those things we look at sometimes and yearn after. If only I had these things. But we're talking about a deep joy and a happiness that is only found in the pursuit of godliness. It's only found on that right path, and found and righteousness found in God. And for the New Testament believers, it's become clear as the Old Testament believers believe by faith. That this could only be found in the Gospel of Christ, and that man is a man who delights himself in the whole law of God, so we 've seen the path of the blessedness or the character of the blessed man it 's found in this in the path that he chooses in his life it 's found in his character in what he produces it 's found in his delightful pursuits, where the world pursue pleasures and riches and other things. But the truly righteous man who's trusted and believed in God and found his righteousness in God, he finds his delight in delightful pursuits. These are his favorite things, the law of God, which is perfect and pure. The godly man's character was also expressed in the things that he is not and where he does not hang out the path that he does not take. And then also we noted last week or last time we were in this psalm that the truly happy man is prosperous in all that he does. Yes, he's prosperous. And the man who prospers in material things is not truly prosperous, but the man who is blessed by God, the man who has chosen that narrow path and godliness and God's righteousness, he is this godly man is known by his possession. He is a planting of these, he's like a tree planted by streams of water. He's known by his consistent fruit. He heals his fruit in season. And believers is this not the fruit of the Spirit that is given to us by the indwelling spirit. And then by his steadfastness. The believer is steadfast steadfast in hope, and he trusts in God, and he continues to bear good fruit. And so we come to verses 4 to 6, and we observe by way of contrast the wicked man, the wicked man. And this psalmist only talks of two cases of men, the righteous or the godly, and the wicked. The man who though in the eyes of the world appears to be happy on account of his riches and pleasure and abundance but he's not truly blessed the psalmist doesn't describe him like that for he is not godly for he has not found the righteousness of God and this is where true blessedness is and the psalmist tells us very briefly compared to the righteous man what characterizes him and what his end will look at regardless of his success on this earth and his prosperity and his riches and how happy he may appear on this earth. And the wicked do, don't they, brothers and sisters? We've seen this in some of the Psalms and other people in scripture uh, being confused at the prosperity of the wicked. Psalm Psalm 73, he's perplexed. And like Psalm 73 here, by this man's character... And his final destiny, which is the wicked man's end, his soul is satisfied. And he knows that my delight is in God and the wicked man who appears to prosper. What did the psalmist say? Then I considered his end. His end. Make no mistake, brothers and sisters, the pursuit of happiness on this earth through riches Pleasures and selfishness and sin has strong appeal. It does have strong appeal even to the saint at times. These are temptations, the arousing of our own sinful passions, the enticements of the world and the devil, and the many pleasures that the world has to offer. They can be real and attractive sometimes, enticements, and the believers' continual turning from this path is often a difficult and a disciplined path, and frequently a path of self-denial. And this makes this narrow path to true blessedness even more precious, but much harder to attain, in fact impossible to attain on your own. It is a path that the Lord puts us on when we trust in Him, and He plants our feet on that path. And so the psalmist describe that righteous man as a tree planted by the master gardener. It's not a natural thing. It's not something you can attain. And if you seek true happiness, you need to come to God the Father for this. This is a supernatural condition brought about by the drawing love of the Father, where he draws us to his son. To believe on him. This is true blessedness, the path of godliness, the perfect righteousness for the believer, which is found in God and in his Son and in the gospel of his Son, found in God's grace alone. So we see today the alternate. We see God's view through the psalmist of the man who has chosen that broad way. That wide path to destruction, which most of mankind, in fact all of mankind, by nature are on when we are born. But the wicked man has also chosen this path uh, because of his nature and by his actual life choices. And here we'll see the path of sin and destruction, so often perceived as happiness, pleasure. And riches by the world. But believer, we are on the right path. The path of godliness. The path of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Let's look at the wicked man in three simple headings today. In the first place, the final assessment. The final assessment. He switches to the wicked. Verse 4, he says, the wicked are not so. All these things we've been describing, this true happiness, this delight in the law of God, even though it's a law that condemns you, for the believer does not. It's his delight, because God is his salvation, and Christ is his Savior. It's a stark contrast here. The contrary to the blessed, godly man, Needs little explanation by the psalmist. Having seen the blessedness of the godly, consider the wicked. What does he say? It's nothing like that. It's nothing like that. There's no resemblance. They are quite the reverse of the godly in every way, in character, in what they do, in their company, in the path in which they walk. And in their condition, they are dead in their sins, as the Bible describes us. And today we see clearly their final destination the destination of the wicked. And the Septuagint, the the most accurate, earliest rather Greek translation of the Old Testament, emphatically repeats this contrast. That's all it says. It says, Not so the godly, they are not so. There's the righteous. What about the wicked? Not so the wicked, rather. They are not so. The wicked seek their counsel from the wicked and from the world. And they are led by them. And they stand and enjoy the company of sinners. And they follow that path with them to sit down amongst the scornful, the scoffers of God. And as the godly man was seen to be voiding these paths and characterized by his delight in the whole law of God, so the wicked are seen for their disdain for the law of God. They have no regard for the holy God and for his righteous laws. They hate it and they prefer never to think on the law of God for it condemns them. Contrast, the righteous man is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. But the unrighteous, the lives of the wicked, produce only wicked deeds. Not so the wicked. They are unlike the godly in every way. What then are they? What then is this group of people you may ask. Note the contrast. The righteous man is a planting of the law, Lord like a tree planted, but the wicked, the very greatest men on earth who are wicked and may be wealthy and may be famous and may be great in the eyes of the world, but they have no regard for a holy God or for his perfect law. Even if he be the most powerful man of earth, what does the psalmist say about him? They're nothing like the righteous. They are not so. They're like chaff, which the wind blows away. They're like dust. They're like that part of the of the yield of the grain or the wheat or the corn that is useless to man. In South Africa, we burnt the sugar cane before it was harvested. To get rid of all the leaves and the stuff that is useless to make sugar or syrup from. And it was burned and put in the fire. And the ash, we used to we call it black snow, used to fall on our towns as they burnt the cane. It's useless. It has no value. It gets blown away by the wind. That's what the wicked are like. That's what the great kings of the earth are like. That's what the wealthiest men on this earth are like when they refuse to bow the knee to God Almighty, when they refuse to follow his holy law, they are like chaff. They have no lasting substance, and everything about him comes to a meaningless end when his life on earth ends, and then he faces eternal death and suffering for his refusal to acknowledge God as his creator and the only savior, from his sin. Are you that man or that woman today sitting here? Not like the wicked, not like the righteous, nothing like that. Just like chaff which the wind blows away. The greatest men on earth without God are wicked. They're like chaff which the wind blows away. That is their legacy. They are forgotten. They are forgotten. It's dust on your desk. You just blow it away. We cannot understand this picture as well as the ancient farmer. I guess you have to have in your mind's eye the, the ancient farmer and that threshing floor, that huge piece of rock because they couldn't make concrete yet as far as I know. You need to go down to the threshing floor where the wheat and the husk and the chaff where it's beaten and winnowing forks are thrown into the air. If there's a good wind that day, the chaff is blown away and the stuff that is useless Leaves are separated from the valued product. The husk is thrown to the fire. The chaff is blown away by the wind. This is in contrast to a tree firmly planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. Though that man may be pure, he is rich in good works, and he has the righteousness of God. But who are these wicked people that we're talking about? Who exactly is the psalmist describing? Are these the very bad guys on the earth that kill and murder and rape and steal? It must be them. Is the psalmist here describing the most wicked on the earth to talk in these flippant terms of a man and his life? Is it only those who indulge in earthly prosperity and pleasures and riches? Only those who are agnostics and don't even acknowledge that a God exists what we have here my friends is the natural condition of every man born into this world the unrighteous the ungodly apart from the grace of God his whole life it is a way of selfishness and sin. It's a way of the pursuit of pleasure of riches in a way that is never content but is the all-consuming way of the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. It is devoid of any acknowledgment of our Creator and His holiness and His claim upon your life even today. This is what the psalmist is saying of the wicked this is what the scriptures teach about the natural man. If you're sitting here today and you've never come to Christ, this is describing you. But I'm not a murderer. I'm not a thief. I'm not a drunkard. I'm not an adulterer. Wicked are not so. Without God, without Christ in the world, he does not seek after God, but lives for himself and his carnal pleasures. Eat, drink, and be merry. For tomorrow we die, says the man who pursues the things of this world. And outside of the man who trusts in God, and outside of Christ and gospel grace, this describes humanity and the heart of every man as described in Jeremiah. For the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. These are not just the bad guys. These are all of those who have not trusted in God for their salvation, these are all those who have no regard for the law of God, these are all those who in the New Testament when Christ is offered as a savior of sinners said I don't need Christ, I will pursue the world and its pleasures and Isaiah said this so well, all we like sheep have gone astray we have turned everyone to his own way, the Lord has lain on him, Jesus the iniquity of us all they are what Psalm 14 describes as that fool who says in his heart, there is no God. And Psalm 14 tells us, the Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any that understand, who seek after God. No, they've all turned aside. Together they become corrupt. There is no one that is good, no, not one. Who are the wicked? there are those born in sin dead in their sin trespasses in sin who's the wicked you are the wicked if you have not trusted in Christ if you have not come to God for his righteousness in his son wicked are like chaff the wind drives away the very slightest of the lightest of the chaff the dust which the owner on the floor just wants to blow away he has no use for it Would you value the chaff? How how much can I sell this for? It's worthless. No worth at all in God's account. Regardless of how highly they may value themselves. They are light and vain. They have no substance in themselves. No solidity. They are easily driven about by every wind of doctrine. Brothers and sisters, this is what the Bible teaches us about those who are ungodly. And this will be their end the wrath of God will on that great day blow them away in their wickedness just like chaff does the wind and on this earth the chaff is sometimes with the grain and they stand in the congregation of the righteous and you may may be sitting here with the righteous today those who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ but you're not a believer and you have not trusted in God And you're in a good place to hear the gospel of peace and God's salvation. But if you remain in this state, the day will come when God will separate you. God will separate you like the chaff from the wind. David says in Psalm 35, Let them be like chaff before the wind, the angel of the Lord driving them away, so unable to withstand or escape it. Isaiah 17, verse 13. Nations roar like the roaring of many waters, but he will rebuke them. They will flee away, chased like chaff before the mountains, before the wind, and whirling dust before the storm. This will be the final assessment and the standard by which man, every man, will be judged. You are either with the righteous on that path that leads to life, or you with the wicked, and that path that leads to eternal death and suffering, you are either in Christ or you are with your father, the devil, remaining in that fallen state in which you were brought into the world. And that's why the psalmist mentions this that the wicked may see and know there is a righteousness. There is a gospel of salvation. God is my righteousness. And I need to call on him because my heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. And the believers sitting here are no better than you if you're an unbeliever. They are just sinners saved by grace. They're a planting of the Lord. they trees planted by the Lord. Why would you not come to him? Why would you not Come to Christ and the scriptures and the grace of the gospel urge you every day. Choose this day whom you will serve. Call on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will you will be saved. And your indecision or your delay, yes, yes. Even my son-in-law tells me we need to talk more about these things. And I need to make decision about these things. Your delay or your indecision will not excuse you but only if you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, the knowledge of God and the gospel of his dear son, that knowledge makes you more culpable for being here today. And if you will not come to Christ for forgiveness of sins, come in repentance and faith for your sin and the transgression of the law of God, you stand condemned already according to the gospel of John you may as well fast forward to the end where you'll be blown away like chaff with the rest of the wicked. There's no middle ground. What will be your final assessment? we spent more time there. We'll be more brief. This brings us to consider in the second place the final judgment. The final judgment. goes on to say not only are we the wicked of no concern, they like chaff, There's no substance, there's no hope, there's no future. They are forgotten like dust before the wind. But he says in verse 5, now it comes to the final judgment. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment. The very best of them and the very worst of them. and The wealthiest and the poorest, whoever it is. For the man who has not trusted in God... Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Yes, the blessedness of the righteous described in this psalm also describes for us that final event in the history of the world. That final reckoning and the final judgment which will come when the Lord Jesus Christ returns in glory and on that day every man woman and child will appear before the judgment seat of christ before the most just court of all and on that day my friends there will only be justice no more grace no more mercy if you have not come to christ and that day arrives you await the final judgment And there'll be perfect justice. But I wasn't the worst. But I didn't do too badly. But I gave to the church. But I did mission. I went on mission trips. And what does the New Testament tell us? Jesus said, depart from me. I never knew you. You never bowed the the knee to God the Father. You never called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the blessings and the eternal happiness of those who trust in God and love his His law. And here we have the contrast of the wicked on that great day where we are assured the wicked will not stand. There will be no case to plead, no amount of good works and determined effort for self-righteousness outside of Christ. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous at that final judgment all the righteous and the wicked will be separated that's what the new testament teaches us where today you can kind of mingle and you enjoy coming to church and you haven't bowed the knee to christ and the laws just too much for you uh, i i <laughs> i've got my passions and i've got my desires and uh, you guys ask too much but you're there but On that day, there will be a great separation. In this life, your God-given conscience, conscience and the acknowledgement of the reality of God by the light of nature, may have brought you into the congregation of the righteous, may have at times in your life you said, I must consider these things. There must be a God. Perhaps even frequently gathered you in a church with the saints to worship But, my friend, on that day there will be a separation. And if you have not bowed the knee to Christ, if you have not believed the gospel, if you have not walked the path of the righteous, trusting in the righteousness of Christ alone, you will be separated. You will stand alone before a holy God. And you will be numbered with the transgressors, with Judas Iscariot. Christ with Satan and his angels forever numbered with the transgressors of God's holy law this is Jesus teaching in Matthew 25 when the son of man comes in glory all the angels with him then he will sit on his glorious throne before him will be gathered all the nations and what's the righteous judge first action he will separate before him will be gathered, he will separate people from one another as a shepherd, separates sheep from goats. He will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. The king will say to those on his right, on his right come, you blessed are by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the earth. And he will just say to those on his left, apart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels and verse 46 of that chapter and these will go away into eternal punishment the righteous to eternal life Matthew Henry says this there is a judgment to come in which every man's present character and work those so artfully concealed and disguise shall be truly and perfectly discovered and appear in their own colors. And accordingly, every man's future state will be by an irreversible sentence determined for eternity. Brothers and sisters, friends, these are weighty matters that we need to consider because you will face God one day. The ungodly must appear in that judgment to receive according to the things done in the body. They may hope to come off. They may to come off with honor, but their hope will deceive them. They shall not stand in the judgment. So plain will the evidence will be against them, and so just and impartial will be the judgment upon them. Mouths will be silenced. Not only will the wicked on that day not stand in the congregation of the righteous, but here's the worst of all. They will be shut off forever from the society of the blessed and from the presence of God. They will be shut off forever. And Malachi warns of this great day, of this refining fire of the Lord Jesus Christ the judgment. Malachi 3.18 Then once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked. Between the one who serves God and the one who does not. Brothers and sisters, we have a great Savior. There will be a great judgment day. Friends, if you are here, do not put this off any longer. Call upon the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. This final judgment determines, uh, uh, thirdly and finally from our text, determines the final destination. This final judgment will determine the final destination. Now we love to get to our destination. I love a road trip. where you going and while I enjoy the ride you really just want to get there don't you this exotic holiday or visiting family whatever it may be maybe you just like to see a new place the destination and so many people talk today and advertising the destination and enjoy the ride well there is a final destination determined by this judgment day verse 6 of our text for the Lord knows the way of the righteous. Those are blessed words while addressing the wicked. The Lord knows the way of the righteous. His children, his church, he knows them. Why does he know them? I know you by name. Your name is written on my hands. I shed my blood for you. You will not be forgotten you will never be left behind like kids in the state of New York. No child left behind. no one will be left behind of his children because the Lord knows the way of the righteous, and you may be called a hypocrite, and you may be persecuted and you may be afflicted, and you may be poor and you may be struggling. You may look at the rich and say, "I wish I wish consider the end, consider the end, consider your final destination." This is a journey of the righteous on that narrow path that leads to eternal life. But the way of the wicked will perish. The way of the wicked will perish. That's the final destination. The saint's blessedness is given by the Lord. And the righteous fruits abound. And it's not just pine in the sky when you die. This is the way of the righteous. This is a truly blessed man on this earth. He produces fruits of righteousness. He loves his brother. He has the fruit of the spirit. And he endures persecution and trouble and affliction joyfully. Because they from the hand of God, those many trials which will perfect me. And I'm looking forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Planting the Lord by streams of water, guaranteeing his fruitfulness. Precious saints of Christ, regard yourself in this light. The Lord knows the way of the righteous. And it has a glorious fulfillment and everlasting joy and worship in God's presence. No matter how hard it is. No matter how long your affliction continues. No matter how you persecuted or scorned or counted hypocrites or fools. Whatever it may be, it is worth it. I will suffer for Christ and with Christ. Why? Because the Lord knows the way of the righteous. And I will be with him forever. And I will be the first to be separated on the right-hand side. This is a wonderful promise. And God must have all the glory of the prosperity and happiness of the righteous. Because he is my righteousness. They are blessed because the Lord knows their way. He chose them into it. He inclined them to choose it. Oh, I chose Christ. That's why I'm better than you. No, the Lord chose you. He put you on the way. He planted you. He inclined your heart to that way. And the Lord must receive all the glory. And Job acknowledges for his eyes are upon the way of a man. And he sees all his steps. Brothers and sisters, rather friends here today, this is a fearful prospect for the wicked because nothing will be hidden. After that separation, there's judgment, and the things that were hidden and the secret sins will be shouted from the rooftops. But the righteous man doesn't fear this, and the righteous man doesn't fear because God knows all his ways, even his sinful ways. And the remaining sin and his selfishness that is in us. Even if we wonder and occasionally even step into darkness. Why? Because the blood of Christ avails for me. Because of this supper and a reminder that the suffering and the death of the Lord Jesus Christ was for my sins. Oh Lord, I'm glad that you know my way. My sinful way, my bent heart. But my love for you. And my love for your law. But the wicked will tremble, will tremble on that day. The psalmist, he's in Christ. He's in God's righteousness. The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, though you sin, though he will not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds him with his hand and even when we sin and are ashamed of the sin and we feel like we crucifying the son of God all over again we come to the feast we come to the feast because this is the table of the righteous this is the table of those whose feet have been planted on that narrow way this is the table the lord whose hearts have been inclined to him unbeliever this is for you if you will come if you will come to him today if not it's very clear and it's as guaranteed as the precious way and the eternal joy of the righteous the way of the wicked will perish there isn't an intermediate place for the not so bad there isn't degrees where it will not be so you will be separated from god forever you will suffer the just punishment of your sin forever you will be separated forever the way of the wicked will perish and sinners will take the blame for their own destruction. Therefore the ungodly perish because the way they have chosen by nature and they have chosen and resolved to walk leads directly to destruction. It naturally tends towards ruin and therefore will end in it. Did you know that Jeremiah also lamented the prosperity of the wicked. In Jeremiah 12 and verse 3, he's perplexed and he hates them. He hates those who hate God and hates those who hate his law. And he says, but you, O Lord, you know me. You see me. You test my heart toward you. The righteous pull them out like sheep for the slaughter. Set them apart for the day of slaughter. That's a little harsh, Jeremiah that is what will happen on the final judgment day, and there will no longer be grace or mercy. Today is the day of salvation. Today is grace and mercy. And, brothers and sisters, friends here today, though religion be very public, it is also very personal and private. For the Lord knows your secret devotions, and the Lord knows your heart. And that's why Jesus said to us, But when you pray, Go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. This comforting thought for the believer must be a sobering thought for the unbeliever. That God knows my every thought and deed. God knows my character. All hypocrisy and re- pretense will be removed that day. And every secret, secret will be shouted from the housetops. Believers... Rejoice that your sins have been forgiven. Christ and His Church will be vindicated. All wrongs will be righted. Immortal joy and honor waits for you. This is sure. This is promised. And brothers and sisters, this word is for us. Let this lead us, lead us to endure our afflictions, our persecution and slander and suffering for Christ's sake, and strengthen us. In the way of righteous, to love his law, to love our neighbour as we love ourselves, to follow him, to obey him. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. An unbeliever, trust in God. Trust in God. Stop pretending that all will be. All. I'll work it out with God on that day. I know you won't. There is grace and mercy and forgiveness now. If you cry out to God, if you repent and believe in his son, you will be saved. But do not be deceived. On that day, unlike today, there will no longer be grace and mercy, only judgment. Jesus said, enter the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way easy. that leads to destruction. Those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard. That leads to life. Those who find it are few. May the Lord by his spirit lead each one of us to choose the way of righteousness and peace, joy and forgiveness. These are weighty and eternal considerations. And Make no mistake, friend here today, unbeliever, it is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we rejoice in our salvation. We thank you for the path of the righteous. We thank you for your spirit that drew us to your Son. How oh, we thank you for the forgiveness of our sins. How oh, we thank you for the sure and certain hope of eternal life. And Lord, when our hearts would turn us, when we would be tempted to sin, help us, Lord, to consider these weighty matters that Christ died for our sins. And there awaits us an eternal weight of glory in your presence forever. Lord, hear the prayers of those who don't know you. That they may call on your name, incline their hearts to you, and save them even this day we pray. For we pray in Christ's name. Amen.